Hello and welcome to Hit Me in the Heart, the podcast that's reading all of the greeting cards in the supermarket aisles. I'm your bleeding heart millennial, Scott. I'm your hearty flyboy, Travis. And I'm your kind-hearted oaf, Paul. And today, what are we talking about, Paul? Not what are we talking about, Scott, but who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? somebody who doesn't really listen to lyrics and has been mentioned a few times uh, before on this podcast and in my life, I love listening to soundtracks. So at work or when I was studying growing up when I was a kid, I would always listen to music that didn't have lyrics because I found, and I don't know if everyone can agree with this, if you're studying or if you're focusing on something and lyrics pop in, uh, even though I don't listen to them, I still find it very distracting. Yeah, yeah, voices. If you're, especially if you're like I, I edit a lot of footage. I can't have uh, lyrics in in the songs that I'm listening to. Exactly, and and so even to this day uh, at work, I always have headphones in, much to the chagrin of my coworkers, because I, if I hear voices around me, if I hear talking, I get distracted, and I find music at work is a way for me to completely unwind and disconnect from all that's happening around me and to focus on my work a little more. And I tend to listen to soundtracks, whether it's from uh, movies or uh, TV shows or even some games, like one of my favorites is Skyrim. I haven't played the game yet, but I've listened to the soundtrack over and over again and some of the ambient music. But one of my favorite go-tos and one of my favorite composers is Thomas Newman. And I think he has gone really underappreciated for considering all the bodies of work that he's been involved with uh, for the past 30 years now, 30 or 40 years now. He's incredibly prolific, right? Oh, incre- yeah, definitely. Um, I've never heard of him. What has he possibly done? <laughs> <laughs> he said sarcastically, I hope, but maybe not because I don't know how much people think about film scores when it comes to music. And I don't know if it really is underappreciated or if I just believe it is underappreciated because I think he's underappreciated. People can prattle off uh, John Williams or Hans Zimmer or some of the other more famous composers, I but I don't know if he's at that level. He definitely is in terms of this is an industry where it's like four people get 90% of the work yes. in Hollywood to the point where Hollywood blockbusters began in the 70s with Jaws. And John Williams has been working since then. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course. There's not even a chance for yeah. the dynasties of their kids to come up and suddenly be the big names. But why and guys- he's there. <laughs> he's going toe to toe with all of the big guys that win Academy yeah. Award after Academy Award. Don't talk about the Academy Awards. Before I delve into that side, though, I'm curious if you guys, be honest, have heard of Thomas Newman before. He did the soundtrack to Finding Nemo, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> he did the soundtrack to American Beauty, so yes. Okay. But I assume that there are many things that he's done the soundtrack to that I am oh, not aware of. Well, well, let me tell you. He's had quite a few accolades in terms of being nominated. He's been nominated for 14 Academy Awards, three Golden Globes. He's won two BAFTAs, which are the, the British 
uh, version of the Academy Awards, uh, six Grammys and an Emmy Award. In spite of this success, though, he has not yet won an Academy Award. He's sort of the Susan Lucci of the Academy Awards right now. I believe the most nominated person who hasn't won. Obviously, he's gone on to be so prolific. Like, how did he start? Like, what were his uh, what was his early films? Earlier on, he had some of the the work he was involved with was Fried Green Tomatoes, Scent of a Woman, Little Women. Horse Whisperer, Pay It Forward, Road to Perdition, Little Children, Wally, Revolutionary Road, The Help, The Iron Lady, Skyfall. He even delved into like the Bond world, Finding Nemo, Travis, and Finding Dory. Tolkien, and he was even involved in a documentary with Malala Yousafzai. I saw that. So I'm uh, yeah. not going to lie. When I Googled Thomas Newman, I was going back through and um, they named me Malala was, yes. was one of his films. I was like, oh, sh- I didn't know he did a documentary. I didn't either until uh, recently. Well, I have listened to the soundtrack. I haven't seen the movie yet, unfortunately. It's not on that list, but uh, one of the reasons why I got a little excited when you said you were going to do him is um, the series of unfortunate events is one of my favorite books. Yes. And the movie that they did was absolute crap, but he scored it. The very end song is the best thing about that movie. And it's just his score, his score and some animation. And it is remarkable. It's incredible. I actually, it, it was not that it didn't fit on this list, but that Lemony Snicket was such a derided movie that, and, and like, I didn't want to associate him with it. It was a crap movie, yeah. <laughs> except for the music, which was spectacular. It's wonderful. I had, I've listened to that soundtrack a whole bunch of times. This makes me a little upset that he hasn't won an Academy Award, not to make the Academy Awards the be all and end all, but in that world, they are. But Shawshank Redemption. American Beauty, The Green Mile, Aaron Brockovich. I, these are all films that did incredibly well and still no accolades for, for any of this work. I'd be so like, what did American Beauty lose out to? That for I'm me pretty sure it was Titanic, but oh, and oh. which makes sense. What, what bad luck. <laughs> the score to American Beauty became a trope. Everything's normal in suburbia kind of music. That then, of course, gives way to these undercurrents of seemliness, <laughs> seediness. And I guess I'm kind of shocked that a, a movie like American Beauty, which is very heavy on script and heavy on and heavy on performance, but there's a lot of scenes where you're left just with the music. So from this entire body of work, uh, all these films that he's been involved with, some of them won Best Picture, like American Beauty won Best Picture in in 2000, yet to me, the score is the spine of a film, a film that wins Best Picture, though, but doesn't get win Best Original Score, which has become pretty iconic, is, it just surprised me. It surprises me, too, because American Beauty is very, quite, quite famously a film that was found in the edit. This yeah. is kind of the knowledge that Scott has accrued from his <laughs> lifetime working in the film and TV industry, but um, it originally, the script was very, very different to the final film. They shot it all, they reshot parts of it, um, and in the edit, they threw out a lot of stuff and and really kind of changed the structure of what the film was going to be. And part of the reason that you don't notice how Frankenstein together that movie kind of is, is the fact that the score really brings a cohesiveness to it yep. and the score really extrapolates on the theme in a meaningful way. 
And, and there's very few scenes in the film uh, where the score sort of overpowers the dialogue or overpowers the scene. It's, it's, and this is a case for where Thomas Newman is kind of in the background. There are a few scenes where uh, like the, the plastic bag scene where the score is pretty much running, running the show. don't realize how much is adding to the scene until you actually pay attention to it. Even going back to that list of films that he's been involved in, five of the six, American Beauty won Best Picture, but Scent of a Woman, Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile, and Aaron Brockovich, and The Help also were nominated for Best Picture, and they didn't win, but again, having having had so many films that have, have done so well, yet not been recognized for their the the score it just it's kind of shocking to me and i'll be honest every time i hear he's nominated again I, I i watch i actually watch the oscars until at least that point to see if he wins and then usually you, every time you're making a movie it ends up every time you're scoring a movie it ends up as the best picture nominee yeah, yeah something something yeah. either he's really good at picking which movies to go for or <laughs> he's having an effect yeah the question is does it matter that he's never won a thing i no, I don't. I don't think in the end it really matters. It's just I'm just I'm just surprised. I'm kind of shocked that he hasn't actually taken something. Because this is actually kind of the infection vector that you use to get me really taking notice of him and his work is because you go like he's done all of this amazing stuff yes. and he's never won it. And I'm like, well, maybe he's just not that good. Maybe I should go check it out. And then yeah. you point to things like American Beauty and even Wall-E. The first third of Wall-E is a silent film. It 20, 22 cool. minutes for 22 minutes. Yep. It's just him telling the yep. story through the music and yep. the animation. And it's, yep. it's so good. It's peanut butter and chocolate, you know, it's uh the cruel irony is that his father, uh, Alfred Newman, not related to mad magazine in any way, but he, uh, <laughs> has also been nominated for Academy Awards and has won nine of them. And not, wow. I, not so it's, as I, a, as a, a composer uh, as a composer damn yeah he's from, a, he's from a composer family uh, his cousin is randy newman who's famous for uh, the toy story score and <laughs> all my songs sound the same <laughs> but he yeah he comes from a very musical family and i don't want to make this into oh my god he hasn't won an academy award this is the worst that's We've not that's not the point when you said that we were going to uh do thomas newman i started listening to a couple of the soundtracks and they are different, but they really do have a quality about them that yeah. is very similar. If I hear his music, I've heard his music in the wild, I guess, where either it's a, a trailer because he, he's used for even little bit parts here and there, um, like the the score to the sorry, the theme song to Six Feet Under is yeah. his. But the moment I heard that, the moment I, I, I hear an. Or, or listen to a trailer or see if or I, sometimes there's been a few times where I've been watching a film and I don't know that he's done the score and I haven't seen his name in the credits, but I'm like, this is Thomas Newman. A hundred percent. This is Thomas. I'm like sure of it. He does have a, a quality. He does have a sound, but it's something that I definitely, it completely, it, it, I find it beautiful every time yeah. I, I hear his music. And, but you're right. Like he is one of those people where kind of like, you can be like, Oh, that's a Radiohead song. Like that's a Thomas Newman score. It's right. pretty obvious. You can 
whistle to me the Star Wars theme or the Back to the Future theme or the Raiders of the Lost Ark theme, and I will know exactly where that's from and what movie. But if I whistled the any other name or other or other pieces from from Thomas Newman, you you might recognize it if you're a fan of the film. But like I really, it's not something where you can whistle it at somebody. It's not, it's not a melody he's doing. He's creating. A soundscape almost. Yeah. Uh, there may be some potential spoilers, but we're talking about movies that are over 10 to 20 years old now. Not, uh, not to hit me. <laughs> <laughs> so Shawshank Redemption, the film ends uh, with Morgan Freeman, who plays a character red. He's finally free from jail after many, many years, many decades. The, the, the score starts and the song is called So Was Red um, or the score of the piece is called So Was Red and uh, Morgan Freeman starts talking and reading this letter that his friend has written to him and uh, the score is just like it just evokes so much emotion in the scene because you see that this character is finally free and he's heading on a bus and he's talking about how he hopes he sees his friend again. I find I'm so excited I can barely sit still or hold a thought in my head. I think it's the excitement only a free man can feel. A free man at the start of a long journey whose conclusion is uncertain. It's hard to explain how something evokes emotion when it's when it's music and I wish because it just does, right? Yeah, it like just that's does. the whole thing. And it does. It makes you feel that way. And, and it's so interesting because it's like a love song yes it's it's, it's oh, the emotion is yeah. love and it's between two uh, straight men yeah. but you you get the the audience gets their closure when you see them hug on the beach and they've they reunite again in this in this place that they talked about finally being together and and being free of the jail and the the score comes as crescendo when they hug and it's just sort of well at least for me makes you really tear up it really hits me and if it wasn't for that piece the 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 story would still have some strength, but I definitely feel like in this scene that without Thomas Newman or this kind of evocative music with like with any score, it's, it just wasn't, wouldn't be the same. So we know he can do the big bombastic Hollywood movies to end a film. What else can he do? <laughs> One of the more iconic scenes that has been parodied over and over and over again, Katy Perry mentions it to the, in the beginning of one of her most popular songs, Firework, do you ever feel like a plastic bag floating in the wind? That's a, a complete allusion to the scene in American Beauty. A plastic bag floating in the wind, I'm sorry, without that music would have been nothing. I firmly believe that. I don't think that scene would have evoked any emotion or invoked any reaction without Thomas Newman's piece behind it. And the piece, again, is not, it fits the scene, it fits the moment, and without the score in that plastic bag scene, as much as people deride it, it would have been nothing. It was, and that's partially one of the reasons why that film won Best Picture. So he can make the small personal stories seem big and sweeping and grand and emotional. He can make absurd imagery and abstract thoughts emotionally impactful as well. Yep. Most importantly, he can also make you smile and fall in love with two robots, which I think is an incredible feat. The beginning of, of Wally is there's no dialogue for 22 minutes, sort of like Castaway, I, I believe it has about the same length of time with no dialogue. To make someone interested in, and to keep an audience tuned into something that doesn't have any words and doesn't have any script is pretty fucking incredible, I have to say. And Thomas Newman had to do that. They have a moment where uh, Wally returns this this uh, this plant and, and Eve is thankful for it and they share this kiss, which is shown as like a bit of static between the two of them. And then 
again, Thomas Newman's his his piece to find dancing starts, and it's just beautiful. It just br- I it just brings everything together. They have a moment where they're dancing <laughs> with the fire extinguisher. It's really beautiful. so clunky but he actually gets to move like she does they find a way to be together when they're from different worlds they're different from different you know millennia it's so funny i didn't even think about that until you said it because you're right it's he is this very clunky square eve is this rounded beautiful you know rounded off robot yet in this scene yeah they do they do dance together in symmetry they because he has a fire extinguisher i didn't even realize that until now that's funny so Paul, wouldn't you say that the reason that he's being ignored is because he is always in the background? He makes everyone's life better without these awards. He makes your life better, your work life, your movies. (laughs) I agree with you. I uh, maybe he doesn't need an Oscar to really be relevant. I just I'm just disappointed, I guess. It seems like a thorn in your side. It is. It's like because it's somebody I really love. It's somebody who has been in my life for many, many years now, at at least 20. And it's it's incredible to see that he hasn't had any accolades. And but that shouldn't matter. And I guess that's your point is if, if he's meant something to me, which he does. Otherwise, I wouldn't be talking about him. Then I wouldn't bring him up. I just think I want to bring him out of the background and I want to bring him to the foreground for a little bit if he doesn't win an Oscar, at least whoever's listening to this will understand and maybe maybe take some time and look into his work and maybe give him another chance instead of letting his stuff play in the background. He's meant for the background. Score is meant to be kind of buried under the dialogue. But uh, I think for the most part, his work is pretty incredible when you listen to it on on your own, which I do. As I said, I, I haven't gone a week at work without at least one or two Thomas Newman tracks popping into my ears or on my way walking to work or on my commute. The movies that he's involved with aren't aren't just great because of the score. They're also great films and it's pretty incredible to see that he's been attached to some great pieces of film over the past 20 years or 30 years. Uh, The Help is one of my favorite films and I've probably watched it about 20 times but at this point he's been part of all these films that have made an impact on my life as well and I don't think it's just because it was Thomas Newman doing the score. It was the collaboration between the directors and the actors. But the fact that he's been the background for these great films is is pretty incredible. Like I don't I can't think of a lot of composers where I happen to also think that the film that goes along with it is also incredible. Very quickly before we wrap this up, what's the one track or the one soundtrack that people should dive into to really get a sense for for him? Even though this film wasn't very popular and the score isn't even available on Spotify, you have to go on YouTube just to warn you now. Uh, there's this film called The War with Kevin Costner and Elijah Wood. And the score for that is absolutely beautiful. And one of my favorite tracks called Angel Pen uh, pretty much wraps up the film. And that's usually where he kind of does his best is wrapping up a film, just like Shawshank Redemption. Definitely start there.
So, gentlemen, I'm curious, does Thomas Newman hit you in your collective hearts? I think you've made me appreciate just how skillful he is at doing his job without wrestling for the spotlight. He really serves the films that he's making, and there is so much appreciation for that. To me, he seems to be the person that you don't really realize how much you loved until they were gone. I apparently have loved him since I first heard him without even knowing it. All right, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hit Me in the Heart. I'm your bleeding hot millennial, Scott. I'm your hearty flyboy, Travis. And I'm your kind-hearted old Paul. And we'll catch you on the next one. very much for listening to hit me in the heart you can listen to all the episodes on our website hitmeintheheart.com where you'll also find links to the soundtracks we've talked about today and any other bits and pieces that came up throughout the episode if you've enjoyed listening please subscribe to us on your platform of choice and if you want to support us the very best thing that you can do is to leave a review online that's super helpful for new people to try and find us our email is hitmeintheheartpodcast at gmail.com you can email us We'll read it. Okay, Google, what did American Beauty lose the best soundtrack Oscar to? Sorry, I don't understand. Of course you don't. What's the point of you?